to welcome to episode 15 15, no 16 no 14 episode 14 of die hard on a podcast and today we've got our got ourselves a doozy Demolition High. Demolition High. Yeah, it was Corey Haim. And I cannot believe I haven't seen this movie like sooner because, I mean, I never really thought, hey, Corey Haim is an action hero. Like, that, I mean, that just seems logical, <laughs> right? I mean, watching the movie, you still question. Yeah, maybe a little. Um, but see, the, the, his haircut, man, that bowl cut that he's got, like, screams 1996. It's so, it's so awesome. Funny thing too, like it looks like it's supposed to look like he's dorky. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, or not. Like sometimes it looks like he's supposed to be looking like he's like the the, the weird kid. Right. But then he's also dressed like he's like the coolest fucking kid in the world. So it's like right. Confused at what he's supposed to be. Well, I think he's supposed to be like the tough kid because you know, I mean, it starts out with that like awesome banner where. He was like, well, where are you from? He's like, what, are you writing a book? And the guy's like, well, maybe I am. He's like, well, why don't you leave that chapter <laughs> out? You know, and then he kicks the kid's ass. So it's like, wow, Corey Haim's like an ass kicker. For, for some reason, they're doing that exchange. He's like, where are you from? He's like, the Bronx, you know. And then he goes, and Corey Haim throws up the, the quote signs, you know, New York, quote unquote. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I don't know what that means. It's like, you know, no, what? actually New York. <laughs> right. Why are you throwing up quote symbols? That's that's actually it actually is New York. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. And then he actually kicks him, like legit, like kicks it, like Roundhouse kicks the kid. Right. Yeah. He like he straight up roundhouses him, which is awesome. I guess that's um, supposed to be foreshadowing for later, because later on he he Roundhouse kicks like the bad guy. Right. And oh. what's what's the bad guy's like? Who is that actor? I've seen him in so many things. Like at first I thought it was Tom Berenger. Like I was like, holy shit, is that Tom Berenger? Uh, but I mean, that would be too too shocking, but right, it would. You're right. It wouldn't be a too over the top. But it's not Tom Berenger. It's like the guy who kind of looks like Tom Berenger, who's like the random bad guy. Yeah, he was. I can I only remember him from the first Power with Lou Diamond Phillips, LDP for his friends. It's right. Like, well, he's like the bad guy who's like he's like, I think he's possessed by the devil or something, some sort of serial killing devil guy. And that's all I know him from. Right, I can't remember what else I've seen him in. He's been in he's been in a ton of B movies. Yeah, um, I think it's basically what what you see him from. Yeah. Um, and not I love with Richard. Not to be confused with Richard Tyson. That kind of looks like Richard Tyson. He does kind of look like, like Richard Tyson. Like the the three o'clock high bad guy. So right. Um, and the chick, man, the chick is just she is the shit. Like it just opens with her. And, like, the dude's, like, flirting with her, you know, like, and, oh, I love they slipped it in where he was like, oh, you just make a right at the breast western. I mean, oh, yeah. the best western. <laughs> I was like, I know this is going to be a good movie already. I wrote that down because I was like, that was the best. It's like, the breast western. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, like, the, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a classic right here, you know. And, and she's got a freaking desert eagle, like, you know, uh, the, the biggest, most expensive handgun there is, of course. <laughs> I remember the time it takes her two hands to hold it, if you notice. Yeah, well, which it should, you know? I mean, that's a, and like, I mean, because, like, I guess now that I know a little bit more about guns, like, that really stuck out to me, because that's, like, the holy grail of pistols, you know? It's an extremely expensive, extremely powerful pistol, and there were some things about it that really bothered me. Like, one, in more than one situation, 
Corey Haim uses a human shield to stop the bullet from the Desert Eagle, right? And, I mean, even if both Corey Haim and the guy he was using as his shield were wearing, like, full-on body armor, that pistol would still rip through both of them, like, you know, and then go through the wall after that, you know? And I'm like, oh, look, he just used a person as a human shield. That's not going to work out for him. Oh, wait, that guy's body is special, and it can stop a fifty caliber bullet that's shot from 10 feet away. (laughs) Well, yeah, because when anybody anybody got shot, it was, like, this little tiny, like, pellet. And she's like, right. Oh, and I just falls down. Like, like right. giant gun. That should it, be like really lethal. Yeah, that pistol would put a put a, a hole like on, where it went in. It would put a hole of the size of a golf ball in you, and where it came out would put also like the size of a bowling ball. <laughs> I think that was the gun of choice in the eighties and nineties, though. I remember that gun popping up in a lot of like action movies. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an Israeli made pistol, and it's like like I said, it's the holy grail of handguns. Yeah, I think I think. Robocop, I think they used it. Not yep. Robocop himself, but like the bad guy. I think. Yeah. I think he had one. That's why I first noticed it. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, and it's the kind of gun that if you were to actually shoot it and not completely brace yourself for it, it would it would actually knock you over. Yeah, it didn't look like it had anything anything to it. it just like it was like pop. Yeah, yeah, just like a big big. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely noticed that. But I was like, dude, hot chick with a desert eagle. This is a re- recipe for success right here. <laughs> she was, I don't know what, she was, I don't know. It was just, I was re-watching it today. It was like, she's just like, like hilarious. Just like, I, I feel like her hair was like a, a wig too. Like yeah. It was so high. But no, it was, I don't know if it was a wig or if it was just like early 90s, you know? I think about, yeah, I think it might have just been the 90s, but cool. like, man, it, the hair is like twice as big as she is. Yeah, the hair was huge for sure. Um, but yeah, there were some really, uh, really good, good actors in there. I mean, Alan Thicke was awesome. He was Alan Thicke was not. He was the worst. Yeah, no, no, he was he was great, man. That guy, you know, like I I, I don't understand why he wasn't a, a you know triple A movie star after that performance. The, the best is like he's he's the best because when he first comes up shows up he's like sitting at his desk he just got the call in and he's got a bunch of like like random like SWAT guys and like detectives staying around him and he, he he like gives out random orders to all of them that makes no sense whatsoever like all of his dialogue is just yeah. like made up cop jargon that somebody saw like a movie and was like hey I'm gonna have him say EMT and SWAT and EMS and stat right like well it's almost like when they were producing the movie they were like oh we got Alan Thicke and they called him up, and they were like, "Who want to do this movie?" And he's like, "Okay, but you can only have me for like four hours." And they were yes. like, "Oh shit, we've got to write, we've got to get some stuff for him to say really fast." Yes, because he had like basically like two scenes. He's in the office, and then he was like just outside the school, randomly drinking bad coffee for. You know, I mean, right. No, that was the best coffee in town. <laughs> he so, he said, yeah, and he was like. He was like, you know, my kid is in there kidnapped. They've got a device, a nuclear device, uh, pointed at a nuclear power plant. But I'm going to stop and enjoy this coffee. <laughs> I think he did have the best line that where like, he drank the, the guy, the, the friend's coffee that was from his wife. He's like, oh, that is good. Remind me to have shootouts near your place. Yeah, near your let me, remind me how to <laughs> have shootouts at your house now, from now on. I was like, all right, that was good. That was good. That was pretty good. <laughs> 
It was the best when, when he, he got the first cup of coffee. It was just like a random hand, like sticks in the frame. Right. And gives him the coffee, coffee, and he drinks it. It spits it out of frame, and then when he's done with it, the other detective, like, like he's like, here, take this. I'm like, shouldn't you have other things to do besides get you coffee? Yeah, seriously, there is a hostage situation. You know, you what? can tell like all the business that was going on within the scene was just made up, like on the spot. <laughs> Right. Well, while I was watching it, Paul, who's uh, for the audience, who's my friend's, my friend's fifteen-year-old, he like walked by and he's like, "Oh, what are you watching?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's Demolition High School." And he, like, without even missing a beat, he goes, "Why is everybody in that high school thirty-five years old?" Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, "Too true, Paul. Too true." They're all so old. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not even remotely believable that they're high school students, you know? No. Like, the the chick, the, the Corey Hames' girlfriend, you know, it was like, I didn't even feel guilty about thinking that she was hot, because I figured she's probably the same age as me. <laughs> she's probably two kids. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about Corey Hames and his girlfriend, like, quote-unquote girlfriend, because I felt like he was pretty asexual the entire time, until the very end where he walks off with her, like... And he was. He didn't really seem like that interested in her until um, the part where she, like, he throws the other guy into the back of the van, and then she kisses him. And then he's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, the freaking blonde's kissing me, I'll do that. But for the rest of the time, he really didn't. Like, you know, most action stars, even though they're not blatantly hitting on the female lead, they're blatantly hitting on the female lead, you know? Like, they're just exuding that, that, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it by the end of this film kind of thing. And Corey yeah. Haim definitely didn't do that. Yeah, just the entire time, like when he was ta- when he first runs into him, when he's talking to them, I think about leaving or escaping or something. Like it's the boyfriend and the girlfriend are, like making out, and it's like and like Corey Haim, like I don't even think looks at her. <laughs> like it's yeah, like, it's not even worried like, about it. It's like you guys need to get out of here, and it's always like you guys need to get out of here while I do this. It's never, there's never like, and the boyfriend's like actually completely cool the entire time basically right like, like he's they, he starts start out you think shit, he's yeah. he's gonna be the you know the antagonist bully that every high school movie needs and then all of a sudden he's like okay he's he's not so bad yeah it's like they're just all hanging out so it's like okay cool like, yeah even to the point where even to the point where the boyfriend's like calling him lenny like i'm like wow they're they're on like a nickname basis already even though they've only known each other for two hours and in two of those hours they got into a fight Now, when they were talking, like, when he first mentions his name to the bully, he goes, oh, my name's Lenny, Lenny Slater, right? Uh, the funny thing is, does the boyfriend actually go, what, you mean, is it short for, what, Leonard? And they all laugh? Is that, is that, what, is that true? Is that what they did? Because I couldn't tell if, it, if they said something else, I just couldn't tell. I think so. I think that's what he said. But it was like, it was like, <laughs> it's like, was it for, short for Leonard? And they all laugh, like, like you just call him, like, you know. Yeah, like, oh my god, haha, yeah, this guy's name's Leonard, wow, you know, it's actually, it's actually Slavic for cocksucker or something. She's like, why is he laughing at Leonard? Yeah, like, why is that, that, why is that that funny, you know, there's been plenty of, Leonard Cohen's great, Leonard Nimoy's great, you know, Lenny Bruce was great, but I don't think you could call Lenny Bruce Leonard, it didn't, doesn't really work. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's there were some really good good lines in that movie though. I mean, like I love the part where he was like, "Are you gonna write a book?" He's like, "Yeah." 
Yeah, maybe I am. He said, well, why don't you leave that chapter out? I was like, damn, that was a sick burn, dude. Yeah, like, okay, so when the terrorist goes into the school, line that he tells to the principal is the weirdest line. He goes, are you the proprietor of this establishment? Yeah. I was like, he's the principal. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, somebody, right. like, somebody wrote that and was like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, yeah. No, it, doesn't. it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, well, I would like to order some baked goods from you then. You know? Like, yeah, it's like, like he's, he's, not, he's the principal. He doesn't own the, the school. That makes no sense. No sense at all. No, there was there was a lot of stuff that, you know, I feel like they might have just written it on the spot and not had anybody really check it. Now, another great line though is whenever he goes to like he find you know he gets the gun that's not loaded and he goes to chamber around and then realizes that it's empty. And he goes, "Man, school sucks." <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> he tried to give a call. Uh... He's gonna call, uh, you know, call nine one one basically, and he like looks, searches his pockets for change because he had a payphone. He's like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have had that second milk." I'm like, "What's nine one one? I think you'll be okay." Yes, that was that was fantastic. Do you not know how nine one one works? You don't need a that. <laughs> yeah, you you're not gonna be short because you've got milk. You'll just get right through the police. Yes, I don't know. Call collect. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, no. And oh, and how about how about like okay, so right in the beginning after he establishes that the principal's the proprietor and then she wastes him and then they pop out of the car and they waste like all the cops and security guards and the guys like, "You know what? That's not quite enough that we killed all of the freaking authority figures here. Let's blow up the cop car with a fucking bazooka just to prove a point." <laughs> which was which was cool though because it was like an actual like effect. I mean, it's like actually yeah. practical which is like i'll give it this movie props for that because everything was like there was no cg because it's 96 right for the most part like it looked fine like, yeah no it did it did actually for for a low budget 90s movie it did actually look pretty decent but i just loved that concept like you know it's like you already killed everyone in sight and it's like you know what killing everybody in sight's not enough i'm gonna blow up the cop car with the bazooka in case it becomes sentient and tries to kill us <laughs> exactly it never uses a bazooka again ever. No. He's just uh -uh. That one time he's like, oh, I'm done. Put my point. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, those things are, I guess, expensive to reload. And they did have a nuclear missile, too, that was the size of a model rocket. I found that a little bit interesting, too. It looks like a model rocket. It did well. It, you know, at first, like when I first saw it, I thought like, "Oh, they're just in a science class, and that's one of the science projects." And then a little later, I'm like, "Oh no, that's a nuclear warhead." <laughs> Aimed at the power plants, right, or the nuclear power mm -hmm. plants. Let's talk about that guy. That guy's office, the nuclear power plant guy office. Oh yeah. It's his sweet setup. He's got. You know, it's the power plant because on the wall. On both walls, it says it has signs that say "danger radioactive." Uh, <laughs> like, like, what kind of set dressing is that? I don't understand. Yeah, they were like, "Well, we got to do something with this set." Uh, you just put some radioactive stuff up there. And it's was like, uh, speaking of which, was that was that Archie Bunker? Was the general Archie Bunker? Oh no. It was Dick Van Patten. Dick Van Patten. Okay, I knew I recognized him, and I, I was like, at first I thought it was Mickey Rooney, and then I was like, no, it's not Mickey Rooney. And then I was like, wait a minute, that looks like Archie Bunker. I was like, but in the '90s, I'm pretty sure Archie Bunker was dead. 
So he was in one of those cheesy freaking 70s sitcoms, but still. Yeah, yeah, he was in like, yeah, the A is enough, I think is what he was known for, I think. God, I mean, like, I knew he was very recognizable, but I couldn't quite pick it out. <laughs> and I, I love how he's like, he's like, oh, well, that's all totally classified. But if you're, if it's off the record, what the hell? They stole, they stole a nuclear warhead from us. Like, again, a bunch of random dialogue that just like somebody was like, I think they say this a lot off the record and it's classified so let me just throw that into some dialogue yeah that'll sound that'll sound totally believable <laughs> that'll sound governmental yeah <laughs> did you notice on the on the uh when the, they were saying up the c4 4 because it's just that really big and like like scotch tape with like c4 on the side right <laughs> like like it's just a, it's just a like black electrical tape just had C4 real big. Yeah, and it was like, oh, that's definitely a bomb. <laughs> it's because he's like, I don't. What kind of my, what kind of a uh, explosive is it? Oh, it's C4 because it says so. I'm sure they all do. Yeah, and that was that was pretty awesome too because it was like you know they were gonna shoot a nuclear warhead into a nuclear power plant, but that wasn't quite enough. Let's also blow up the school with C4. <laughs> You know, just because because blowing up a nuclear warhead in a nuclear power plant, that's not going to cause nearly enough damage. We're going to have to also C4 the school. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, that's a, it's like if, you, if you fire the rocket at the nuclear power plant, and I'm talking about all the fallout and all this, like, all the damage, the, the explosions in the high school, that's doesn't make any Well, and here's the like other over. thing, and maybe, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but I, I was really trying to, is... You know, is Alan Thicke figures out their master plan, which is they're going to go steal the frickin' money before it gets burned up, the, the treasury money. Mm. But it never really gets described, like, how they're going to do that. You know, like, in Die Hard, there was a very, um, you know, a very concrete way that they were going to steal all those bearer bonds and use the hostage situation as, like, a bait-and-switch tactic. And yeah. in this one, like, it implies that they're using it as a bait-and-switch tasket, but if there's never a point where they're like, okay, when everybody's worried about the school, we're going to sneak over to the treasury and steal all the money. Like, they never, you know, they never explained that to me. Yeah, like, they were they were very much just, like, the bad guys were very much, like, we're just going to basically do what Die Hard did, but in high school. Because they were basically, like, making all these weird demands just to make them, just to, like, distract and this and that. Right, and like this and this hard. movie is like what you said on Facebook. This movie is absolutely just Die Hard in a high school with Corey Haim instead of Bruce Willis. But I mean, really, it is like the plot's like exactly the same. I'm sure they, they he saw it that way too. It's like, look, I'm just gonna do a high school movie, but with me, because I look, I look, I always look 15. So <laughs> right, right. Never mind that I'm a freaking 32 year old drug addict, but I kind of look like it, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I mean, this is this is one of the most diehard movies we've seen, like diehard-like. I mean, I I would even say it's not even diehard-like. It's almost a diehard clone where they just, you know, took out the freaking actor's setting um, and, like, good action sequences and riveted <laughs> plot. Uh, and where they took all that out and then they, they put in, like, you know, 35-year-old high school students and a nuclear warhead and a hot chick with a desert eagle. Alan Thick. And Alan Thicke. We can't forget the late, great Alan Thicke. Saying things that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, with just random... And, you know, I really thought that the blonde chick, the this 
the special agent, I really was really expecting like a heel turn somewhere yeah. where it was going to be revealed that she was actually working with the bad guys. And then like, I was kind of disappointed when that never came. Yeah, she, I, I was confused by her because she should have definitely, definitely been in charge, but she never was. Right. Like, every now and then she was, but like Alan Thicke was always just taking over for no reason. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like, she, like he's like, move out, boys. And she's like, I'm in charge here. Move out, boys, which is like the oldest stick in the book. I'm like, oh, yeah, they went and grabbed that bit. <laughs> exactly. My favorite line from Alan Thicke to, to her, though, at one point, and it just seemed like, there might have been some slight misogyny going on because it seemed like like he was just like really hateful towards her. And he goes, I don't give a shit. Shut up. <laughs> like, yeah. She's, she's technically above you. I don't know how you, why you're talking to her like that. And like, yeah. I think he, like, that's just his like, New York yes. City cop attitude. He don't like authority. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this high school supposedly was like like in the suburbs and not as like crazy as the Bronx and stuff, but they had security guard with they a did. gun. With right. a gun. Yep. He, the armed security guard who, who, who had it, it, who had it out for poor old Corey Haim from the beginning. Yeah. There was like the guy confiscated a gun at some point, confiscated a switchblade at some point. <laughs> like, cause like, where, what suburb is this? It seems like, like way worse than the Bronx. Right. I mean, right. And then there's so something all, all as like gentrified now. So like the Bronx is like cool now. Yeah, and like I loved it. I noticed this. This is just from my being a writer perspective, though. Is the whole like you're never supposed to, you know, like the whole show don't tell rule. Um, and yeah. like in the beginning, Corey Haim just like they like just like blatantly break it. Like he's talking to the principal. He's like, I know I may seem rough on the outside, but really I'm a nice guy on the inside. <laughs> and I was like, that's what you're supposed to freaking use the whole movie to show, not him just give one line of dialogue in the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> it wasn't subtle. The movie was not subtle. Mm-mm. No, and speaking of which, the freaking ending, like, all movies could take, learn something from the ending of this movie. Like, wow. I mean, just wow. Like, I was, I was literally on the edge of my seat when they launched the warhead. And, like, I go, well, he could hit the self-destruct button, but he can't do that. Because even if he detonates a nuclear warhead, like, a, you know, a thousand feet up in the air, the blowback down from that is still going to destroy the whole city. And then they're like, nope, that's what we're going to do. It's all good. It's all yeah, good. and oh yeah, by the way, it's wired to the same switch that all the C four in the school is. So we're gonna blow up the school too, which is the right move. It's you know you put all, you put that much C four in a school, you better show it explode at the end of the movie. You know, which was nice. 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 Uh, it's really cool to see nitrous happen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I mean, come on. And what, what? How? That's a great. That's like every kid's fantasy is he gets to save the day by blowing up the school. <laughs> <laughs> and then walk off with apparently your girlfriend now. I don't. Yeah, the new girlfriend that you stole from the, your new best friend who you beat up at the beginning of the movie. Who's technically still in the van, right? He's yeah, bleeding out. Dead. He's just bleeding out in the, <laughs> in the van. <laughs> He's that, that was another good line. He's like, hey man, how you holding up? He's like, they shot me, Lenny. And he's like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> You're in the van. Like, like, I know, dude. Wait, right? He shot me. <laughs> yeah. We'll just stick him in the back of the paddy wagon. He'll be fine. Funny thing, too, at the end there, 
Like they all come out of the building, the three of them, but no cops like go near them at all. They're right. Like watching from afar, like what's what's going on over there? I'm like, shouldn't you like or Carrie Ham should call them over or yeah. Like and the guy, the guy had just falling out the the. Is this a guy laying on a car and there's like. Huh, what's what's happening over there? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's or <laughs> or how about when he's running down the stairs and he encounters the SWAT team and they're all pointing the guns at him. He's like, "Wait, wait, good guy. I'm a good guy. Wait, I'm a good guy." And they're like, "Oh, okay. He said good guy." Exactly. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, that too. I was, like, like, I, was like, I was like, "Well, that's easy enough, right?" Yeah. They're like, "Oh, never mind. He's dressed like the terrorist, but no terrorist would ever say I'm a good guy." Like, <laughs> and then he points at the bomb, which is like. Why would you know where the bomb is? You're like, you're, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. No, I don't know a cop in the world that wouldn't slam you face down into the freaking stairs until you bled, even if you said I'm a good guy. <laughs> even if you knew you were the good guy, you're dressed like the bad guy. You were going down. You're going down. Yeah. Hazmat suits were pretty sweet too. With the, uh, you knew they were hazmat suits because they had the symbol on the back. Yeah, they had that big, <laughs> big symbol. You know, and well, I love how it's just like the whole idea is like we're gonna launch a nuclear, uh, nuclear device at a nuclear waste or a nuclear power plant, but these suits will totally save us. We'll be fine. <laughs> they look like they'll be completely safe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I feel bad for all yeah, these kids who don't have them because we're just gonna be sitting here laughing while they're all vaporized. It doesn't, it doesn't look like somebody's mom. <laughs> yes, they totally. Somebody totally didn't get a freaking set of raincoats and make yeah. these things. <laughs> and just like, well, put a symbol on the back. That's how you know it's hazmat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed. Like, whenever I was watching this, I knew that I was going to be kind of pressed for time, and I was like, well, I could probably watch Demolition High and Demolition University in the same shot. And I was like, but man. I think that they're almost going to be episodes under themselves. Like, you know, I'm, like if, if Demolition University is even half as crazy as Demolition High, it, like we're going to have to come back to it at some point. Well, I, started, I watched like the first five minutes of it, and it looked like they'd up their game a little bit, so it might be, it might be Really? Good. Yeah, we're going to have to watch them. That, well, and I, like, honestly, I am a big fan of Corey Haim. Like, I love a good Hollywood tragedy. And I mean, like, he's like yeah. the greatest Hollywood tragedy of our lifetime, I think, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so sad. It is. Like, did you watch, did you watch the um, reality show, The Two Corys? They got canceled after like no, four. Oh man, it was great. It was so fantastic. I mean, poor Corey Haim was like Corey Feldman. Like, has it all going on? You know, he's still an accomplished voice actor. He's got a wife and a really nice house and everything all squared away. And then Corey, what's up? He's got a music career now. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and like he's he's done he's done a lot of work as a voice actor. Like, um, one of the games I play. It's so weird too because I'm the only one who recognized him. Um, but there's a game I play regularly called Payday 2, which is a fantastic video game if you're looking into video games. Um, and he's oh, nice. he's one of he plays the one of the characters in it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fan. It's a, it's an amazing video game. Um, it's a bank heist simulator. So you and either bots or three of your friends actually have to go into a bank and um, like rob it. And there's like four or five different ways to play it. Like there's one way where you can like go in and take everybody hostage, and if you can catch everybody and make them could be hostages before somebody can call the cops, 
then the cops won't show up and you get this huge bonus. But if, you, if you're if you sloppy, somebody will grab their cell phone and call 911 and then you have to take hostages and like use them to trade or, you know, just basically blast your way out of the bank. Um, and it's it's a fantastic, like, I mean, you just kind of got to play it, but it's like so cool, like, um, because there's a lot of strategy where, you know, like you have to have one person watching the door to make sure no cops are running in while the other person's drilling into the safe and it takes time to drill into the safe and then they send SWAT teams after you and, you know, but, but it's so weird because Corey Feldman is one of the voices that you're constantly hearing. Really? Yeah. It seems weird. Yeah. And I mean, but it, it's not like it, they make a big deal out of it that, you know what I mean? Um, and there's a ton of big name actors in it. Well, not big name, but, uh, Feldman in big name no and the guy who the guy who played um Gus Fring is also in it um like he's like the shadowy the shadowy mob boss that that gives you jobs and stuff okay um but anyway like like before I got off track the two Corey's was you know Corey Feldman has his life all together and and a pretty decent like middle-aged guy's life and then Corey Haim is just this train wreck that like keeps showing up keeps showing up and apparently he was so strung out that they actually canceled the show halfway through it i think i, I think I feel like i remember hearing that yeah there was only like maybe four or five episodes before they said look this is this guy's too unreliable he's not showing up for shoots and when he does show up he's you know i thought it was fantastic you know like the, the other like the other one the um the tom sizemore reality show was also awesome because tom sizemore is just such a mess oh yeah so was it the rehab one uh, no, no. There was one called Suddenly Sizemore on, um, or Being Tom Sizemore or something like that on VH1. And it's basically just him, like, having total breakdowns. Now, Tom Sizemore is a tragedy that's a higher thing because Tom Sizemore is a brilliant actor, you know. Yeah. Um, he's a brilliant actor, but he's also freaking batshit insane, you know. Yeah, did you see the rehab when he was on? The... Yes, like Celebrity Rehab or whatever. Yeah, when he like went off the wagon and he left, and like they were trying to find him, and yeah. he was running around. He was basically running around Hollywood. Yeah, he was at like the Pink Dot. <laughs> Shout out to the Pink Dot. Nice. So, like some liquor store on like Hollywood, like on the Strip there, and like. Right. <laughs> he like snuck out the back, I think, or something. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Come on, Tom Sizemore. Well, and I remember, I remember them talking about how him and Heidi Fleiss weren't allowed to be around each other anymore because anytime they would get together, one of them would get arrested. It is sad, um, you know. And I actually, I, th I feel like I've seen Tom Sizemore in something recently, but it was like a, oh yeah, he was actually in this television show called, um, what was that called, Riverdance or the Red River or something like that. It was about natives, and he was the main character's father, and he was this crazy gangster. And I was just like, I mean, oh, oh, go ahead. I mean, he still works. I mean, he's been he's been consistently working, even like with all of his crack. Right. Issues. Well, I mean, and that's where it comes down to. You can't really deny talent because, you know, I mean, like Corey Haim, like, okay, maybe not the greatest actor in the world, but like Tom Sizemore, on the other hand, is, you know, he's fantastic. Like anything you give him, he's going to do really well. Oh, and I'm pretty sure when I, when I was uh, tweeting about Passenger 57, I put a picture up and I tagged him in. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he retweeted it. <laughs> nice. That's that's awesome, um, but I yeah. Was real Tom Sizemore, but I tagged, I tagged, you tag right, you tagged somebody named Tom Sizemore, and he retweeted. Probably, I mean, it's it's yeah. very possible. Like his thing came up, so I was like, yeah, let me just tag him. And like, yeah, why not? Um, I think he, I think he tweeted like, 
Sweet, I guess. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. Um, and, I, and I'm just, I'm a huge fan of his work. I can't think of anything that I didn't like him in. Even movies that I didn't like, I liked him in. You know, he's kind of like Michael Madsen in that sense, you know. It's like, you know, Michael Madsen's done plenty of movies that I couldn't stand, but I still love him in it. You know, like, I mean, he was awesome in Free Willy, for God's sakes. <laughs> He's the best dad ever. Yeah, seriously. Like, can you imagine if, if Michael Madsen was your dad? Like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, Sizemore's always had, like, some good stuff. And, like, been given the proper, like, film and director, he's, he's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever see the, the, movie, with, uh, the movie about Michael Madsen? I can't remember what it was. It, it's really weird, like because it's like all about and it, like it's fake. It's not. It's not real. But it's like somebody was suing Michael Madsen, and there was like all this scandal involving him. I'll have to look it up. I don't know. So um yeah, and we've seemed to do what we always do and go off topic, and it's about a half hour, or so thirty two oh. minutes. Uh, real quick though, I wanted to mention the reporters. Do you remember seeing those guys? In the yes. Uh huh. They they had no actual cameras with them. They just had mics. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And because that was the scene where he was like, you know, if if we if you mention this name, then that'll be put my my son at risk. Would you want your son at risk? Yes, yeah. Exactly. They had like the mics, the physical mics too. So it wasn't like like nowadays we can just have your phone as like the reporting you know, as, as the device right they had like legit big microphones following the guy around and there's no, no camera, camera crew there's no camera crew at all that's awesome i didn't notice i didn't notice that but i guarantee you that that's like just intentional that was amazing and real quick uh his very last line when he kicks the guy out the, the window he says school's out school's out yes he does <laughs> that he was should. fantastic man that was straight out of one of schwarzenegger's playbooks right there sadly he he almost like throws the way line so it's almost like it's not even like as as cool as it could have been yeah well and actually that that reminds me of another great great line in there was like right whenever they throw the um the dead principal dummy like you remember when they yeah. they take the they take the like poorly constructed dummy and throw it out the window, and and so he's on the phone with his dad. He's like, "Oh yeah, about the principal. Uh, he's yeah. kind of dead." And he's like, "Yeah, I saw that." <laughs> <laughs> he's just yeah, he's just dressed like the principal. Yeah. But then real quick, his uh, when Corey Haim would fire the machine gun, he had like this machine gun face where I'm pretty sure I could see that he was going choo, 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 as he was firing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'm pretty sure I could tell that he was making noise along with it. Like he was like making the oozy noise with it. Yeah, because none of that stuff would actually probably, none of that stuff probably got added until post-production. It's not like they had him firing blanks, you know? So I liked his machine gun face. It was pretty awesome. Nice. I think that's everything. Sweet. For sure. All right. Well, do we want to pick another movie or should we'll go ahead and wait and we'll announce it on the Twitters and the Facebooks. Oh, and the music is a, ba- a, a straight uh, speed ripoff. So, if you listen to the speed soundtrack, it yeah. sounds just like that one. Actually, I wanted to make a point about that. Um, I kept be- the music, the soundtrack kept reminding me of the old Tears for Fears song, Mad World. Like, so much so that I had to actually stop the movie and listen to Mad World in the middle of watching the movie. Um, 
Did it sound like it? It, it? it did. I mean, now, it wasn't as similar as I had thought, like, once I actually listened to the song. But, like, I kept hearing the soundtrack. I was like, this sounds like the old Tears for Fears song, Mad World. And it, like, kept going, you know, like, with that weird, like, organ. And So I was like, I got to actually listen to that. And then when I listened to it, it wasn't as similar as I thought. But it was enough to make me, like, remind me so much that I had to actually listen to the song. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we will hear you uh, see you next week. Bye-bye.